Greetings and welcome to Community Conversations on LCC Connect. I'm your host, Bo Garcia, Dean of the Community Education and Workforce Development Division at Lansing Community College. Community Conversations is a space where we explore business, workforce, and community development and discuss how these issues impact our quality of life and standard of living. Today, we will be interviewing a very special guest, my friend and the 52nd Mayor of Lansing, Andy Shore. Welcome, Mayor Shore, and thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Bo. Well, before we get started, just a little bit about the mayor. Now, under Mayor Shore's leadership, Lansing has seen billions in new investments all across the city, either completed or in progress. His administration has increased access to recreational activities for residents and visitors alike with the opening of Beacon Park and the town center on the south side, the new Capital City Market and Rotary Park downtown. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, his administration brought partners together by creating a community response cabinet, issued small business rescue grants, helped residents with food, mortgage, and rental assistance, focused efforts on the homeless, and worked with public health leaders on preventing virus spread. Mayor Shore currently serves on the Accelerator for America Board, the Capital Area United Way Board, the Lansing Promise Board, is a member of the Mayors Against Illegal Guns, and is a founding member of the National Gun Safety Coalition. Mayor Shore has also been appointed by Governor Gretchen Whitmer to serve on the state's Manufactured Housing Commission. The list goes on and on. But before we begin, you know, Mayor Shore, can you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and kind of why and how you came to be mayor of City of Lansing? <laughs> well, sure. Well, thank you, uh, Bo, for having me on. Uh, we have known each other quite some time, and, and I know you do wonderful work here at LCC, so I, I appreciate you and all you do for, for our students here. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I love being mayor. I'm in my, my fifth year. Uh, it is certainly challenging, but, but we get a lot of things done. Um, I grew up in New York. Uh, I grew up on Long Island oh. and was there for 17 years and then came to Michigan for college. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Wolverine, so don't hold it against me. Um, <laughs> no but uh, came here for college and then right out of college, uh, moved to Lansing. Uh, I, I really, I like the city. Um, I was working for a guy named Gary Peters at the time, oh, right. who is now our U.S. Senator, but he okay. was in the state Senate. Um, and just got to know the city and just loved it. Hmm. Um, really enjoyed Lansing. Uh, ran for office as a county commissioner where I served for 10 years. Uh, ran for office as a state representative. Uh, and then as, as I was serving in my, my last two years as representative, I had a lot of folks approach me about running for mayor. Right. Um, so I, I decided I would do that. I put my name out there and let the citizens decide. And, and I won. Yep. And then last year I won again. So here I am as the, as the mayor of the, of the capital city, the great city of Lansing. And, and again, it's an honor and I'm, I'm proud to be here. Doing a fantastic job. Absolutely. Um, so kind of along those lines, Mr. Mayor, could you tell us a little about the city of Lansing's goals in relation to economic development? You've had some big wins. We've had some big wins and it's been great. You know, I, I continually talk about growing the city. I mean, I want to grow all parts of the city from community services to uh, making sure people are housed, but economic development is a huge part of the growth. Um, it's making sure that we have access to to all kinds of things, whether it's downtown or in Old Town or Rio Town on our corridors. Um, economic development is a huge piece of growing our city. Um, it provides uh, activities and things to do for for uh, for the for the young and old alike. Mm-hmm. Um, it provides um, a boost to our neighborhoods. It provides vibrancy. It makes people want to come here. Um, so we've done a lot of work on economic development. You know, we've done. 
you mentioned it in your opening, we've done stuff all over the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, we, one of the, my prouder projects that, that I was able to be part of is the, the capital city market downtown. Oh, um, yeah. We had a, I'd say a food desert. Um, we had right. a, a real open area where there was, you couldn't get groceries. And now we've got this incredible uh, yes. urban uh, Meyer store, which is great. And there's a ho- new hotel, the first one in about 30 years right. um, and some housing that's there. Um, we've done development on the south side, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done development on, in north on the north side. We've got some uh, mixed-use uh, uh, apartments that are going to be opening in Northtown, mm-hmm. uh, right on the border of Old Town. Uh, we opened Red Cedar and finalized Red Cedar and opened that. Right. So it, it's just we're doing work all over the all over the city, um, and the more options people have to shop and to walk and and to go to. Um, the more options they have for housing, um, whether it's it's uh, affordable, whether it's market rate. Um, these are all things that grow the city, and it's all economic development. So true. And, you know, it's so balanced. Mm. It's comprehensive. It's across the board. It's across the city. And it's, you know, it's, it's very, very strategic. Yeah. And kind of along those lines, departmentally, how is the city structured to kind of capitalize upon you know, economic development opportunities, and, and how's your how's your team make this happen? We've got a few different pieces. Um, we have what's called the Lansing Economic Development Corporation, and uh, and they do a lot of our work. We we were partnering with Leap, the Lansing Economic Area Partnership, which is uh, three counties. We we're partnering with them. Um, we have since uh, split off, and we're, we're doing it on our own and working with Leap at the same time. So we work regionally with uh, with Bob Trezice and our friends over at, at Leap, but then we also have our own economic development corporation. Um, not only do we get people who reach out to us who want to do work in our city, but but we reach out to to folks who we think will invest in the city. We go out to other communities. Um, we do a lot of work to try and, and bring in investments. At the same time, we have a separate development office in our city that deals with housing. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of the, the housing projects, the community development block grants, um, you see a lot of that go through our development office. They do planning and zoning. So that mm-hmm. way we know that there are certain things that are expected in certain areas. You're not going to have a, a big factory in the middle of a neighborhood. Right. You have to have the appropriate <laughs> planning. Right. So we've got a planning and zoning office. We have a development office. And then we have our economic development corporation all working hand in hand yeah. um, as we as we grow the city. Highly collaborative. I've been a part of a number of those meetings in the, over the course of years. And highly productive, highly efficient, very strategic, very well designed. You kind of along those lines, you know, how, how does the city partner with perhaps federal or state government and private sector? And, and what type of tools uh, does the city have at its disposal to kind of make some of these these things happen. We partner with uh, with all three, with all you know, with all of those. We partner with the federal government. Uh, we work very closely with HUD, the Housing and Urban Development. Um, they provide economic development dollars. They provide um, dollars for uh, uh, affordable housing for uh, for low income housing. Um, we partner with MISHTA, mm-hmm. the State Housing and Development Authority, very closely. We work with the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned you know incentives. Uh, we work with when you when you build in a city. Um, you can a developer can build in a in in a, a township a, a greenfield area and mm-hmm. just build right upwards. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to build in a city, a lot of times there are extra costs to mm-hmm. rehab a building or to uh, clean up uh, environmental contamination. Mm-hmm. So we have what's called a brownfield tool, and the brownfield tool allows us if someone comes in and says, you know, it would cost me a hundred dollars in in this this green space, mm-hmm. but. $200 to do it in the city, but I want to do it in the city because mm-hmm. that's where the people are. It's where the density is. Right. Um, we can say, okay, 
you're going to build, you're going to spend your $100, and then we're going to get new taxes from that because it's it's occupied land. And mm-hmm. we'll take from those new taxes, we'll reimburse that extra $100 you have to spend because mm-hmm. of cleanup. Um, so they'll still invest, but we'll also be able to help out um, to equalize for developers to make sure they can develop in our city. So we do that a lot. Um, right. We have an obsolete property tool called oh. the Obsolete Property and Rehabilitation oh. Act, and that right. will um, freeze taxes where it's at for buildings that are there. Oh. And then um, we can put those dollars back into the building and help out um, folks who want to redevelop. Um, we have some housing incentives. We have um, Beautiful. we have all kinds of different tools that we can use. Um, we have some grants. We have some loans. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of loans, micro micro enterprise loans, small business loans Great. to help out small business owners. So we use as much of that as we can um, as we try and help. Now it's not giving away tax dollars. No, no, um, no. It is uh, it's it's making ends meet in the proposal. It's it's mm-hmm. closing a finance gap. If someone can come to us and say, you know, I need uh, I need to spend X dollars to do this project but I only have this much, we mm-hmm. help to close that finance gap. And then again, yeah. if it's a loan, we get it back. And mm-hmm. um, But we don't give away tax dollars. We, we do right. what we need to do to make projects happen. Otherwise, there will be no tax dollars at all. Thank you for explaining it that <laughs> way. That is, that is so important for our listeners to understand. These are not costs. These are investments. Mm-hmm. And it's a collaborative effort between you know public and private sector. So it's a win-win for the entire community. We be, we see development, increased taxes, increased support for resources for the community. You know, it, it, that's textbook. That's great. Thank you. Thank you again for, yeah, we, for taking. I the mean, time. we would certainly love for people to come in and just build, and we don't have to help. But they won't because they sure. can't make it work. I was right. in Austin, Texas, and you know they were they had developers coming and they were just building up on these empty lots, and, mm-hmm. and we'd certainly do that too. Sure. But we are a, a built environment, so you have to to help out to make costs work in a built environment. Absolutely, and this is it's, it's working. It's it obviously is, working. It is working. Yeah. So, kind of to that end, can you give us a perhaps an example of how the city of Lansing capitalized upon an uh, economic development opportunity recently? Yeah, we've done uh, quite a few. Um, we had a, an announcement, I don't know, a few weeks ago um, with a company called Neogen. They do food testing. Yes. Um, and they've got their international headquarters is right here in Lansing. And they wanted to build a, you know, a, a $70 million um, building mm-hmm. and, and put something like a few hundred jobs in there. So mm-hmm. we were able to utilize the Brownfield tool where we gave, uh, I don't know, seven or eight million dollars in future taxes that's going to be generated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation did the same. Mm-hmm. So they're still going to spend, you know, 50 whatever million. And then we put in some in for future taxes. Mm-hmm. And so does the MEDC. Um, and now we're going to get a few hundred, you know, very good jobs and, mm-hmm. and uh, a, a new building. Um, you saw it with uh, with GM. Mm-hmm. You know, we're bringing in right. one of the only battery plants in the world right, right here into Lansing. Right. 2.7 billion with a B dollars in investment. Unbelievable. 1,700 jobs. Um, so we had to give them uh, a, a property tax uh, incentive, mm-hmm. which was not a lot. Sure. Um, the state gave them uh, some incentive dollars and then helped mm-hmm. out us with infrastructure because you have to be able to power that. Sure, sure. Um, and now here they're coming, and, and uh, yeah. we're working with them, and we're you know you're gonna have 1,700 more people oh, yeah. in the region who are gonna be here and, and be active and and um, get great jobs. And some yeah. will live in Lansing, some won't, but it's just gonna be a great thing for the region. Oh, absolutely. Um, so we're excited, and the plant's gonna be in Lansing. It's in Delta. 
Township, right. but it's in Lansing right. Territory and Delta right. Township. And uh, so we're really excited. So again, we utilized city and state tools for that, and we partnered with Delta Township in mm-hmm. a regional way for a, a tax sharing agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really was uh, an example of of just a great community coming together. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that, that's a great example. Neonton having been an MSU spinoff, keeping yeah. them here, and and uh, and as you said, you know, Ultium, you know, you've got seventeen hundred new manufacturing jobs. Think of all the spin-off jobs that are gonna occur from that, small businesses that'll be started because of that. Yeah. But for these new manufacturing jobs, small businesses that will be sustained from that. I mean, what a you talk about an investment. That's textbook. Yeah. Well, and we also, we do think there's going to be lots of spinoff. You're hundred percent right. Um, I know LCC will be very involved, which is helpful. Um, we also know that, um, that because of this, it's going to make sure that our, our two assembly plants are very likely to, you know, to, to be active. Um, right. when you're building batteries somewhere, you don't want to transport, you don't want to transport them too far. Right. So we expect that they'll be transported to cars that are being built Lansing Grand River downtown or Lansing Delta Township right next door to the battery plant. So we're really excited for the future oh. of those plants as well as spinoffs, as well as, you know, the, the building of the Ultium battery plant. Yeah. All of it's going to be incredible. Incredible. And, and just, just filling the supply chain. That's right. Yeah. So, so along those lines, um, why are these partnerships important to our listeners in, in relation to how it affects their employment, wages, education, poverty levels, crime rate, et cetera? Absolutely. Well, it's, it, it's all of this economic development means, A, it means jobs. Yeah. Um, so we have just an incredible number of jobs that are available. Um, it means good paying jobs. Um, and that you know keeps people out of poverty. When you, when you have the skills and you have a, a Lansing Community College, you have um, the, the folks that can train uh, and then come out of LCC and, and, uh, and go right into the job force. You know, for me, right, my kids are in the Lansing Public Schools. They can graduate. They can go to LCC for free with the Lansing Promise. They can get trained up. They can come right out and have these skills where they're ready to go. And, and we have that here that, that really others don't have. So it's a win. It's a win with education. It's a win to get bring people out of out of poverty and to help mm-hmm. them. Um, it's a win with with um, profit, and it's a win with you know everybody wants to make money, right? That's that's, uh, that's how we, we live our lives, and it's uh, an option to be able to to do that. So the investments that we bring in, when we say two to three billion dollars of investments, mm-hmm. that leads to jobs, it leads to money money back into the community, it leads to tax dollars, so we can provide police and fire yes. and code compliance and Absolutely. parks and and all of that. So it's all a kind of a cycle where the more economic development you have, the more opportunity, the more dollars um, for people and for government, um, that's how you you really uh, grow a, a community. And that's uh, that's what we're relying on. Boy, I tell you, that is a great return. You talk about return on investment. There it is. Day, in our daily lives, things that we notice and, and don't even notice along the way, yeah. but for these types of investments and collaborations, might not be here. So, you know, Mayor Shore, are there any economic or societal trends that you see emerging that perhaps our community members should take into consideration as they're planning their education or changing careers or upskilling or anything along those lines? Here we see a lot. You know, we, we certainly have a, um, we have state government, which is our biggest employer. So the opportunities um, in public service and, and in any of the areas, whether it's agriculture, whether it's you know, IT, it doesn't really matter. We have opportunities to state government. We're seeing IT jobs becoming very popular. 
Um, we have a company called Dewpoint here that that mm-hmm. uh, is incredible, and they do a lot of work. Um, and we have you know Liquid Web, we have mm-hmm. uh, ACDNet, we've got a whole variety of these these uh, technology companies, mm-hmm. which have been fantastic. Um, healthcare, yep. um, we know we we just saw you know multi uh, multi multi million dollar right. uh, seven hundred million dollar new hospital that was built, and yep. then uh, in McLaren yep. over on the east side and southeast side, and now Sparrow is going to be putting several hundred million dollars into their property downtown. Yep. Um, so we're seeing whether it's doctors, whether it's uh, researchers, whether it's it's uh, um, uh, facility workers. Um, we know that there's a lot of healthcare jobs available um, right here. Um, we have a, a capital area, Michigan Works, mm-hmm. that helps people to retrain and that helps to match them with jobs. Um, the unemployment rate is, is going down right. because so many jobs are available. We're seeing staff shortages in right. every industry so people can kind of uh, pick their pick what they want to do um, and make some money doing it. Right. So um, there's lots of different opportunities right now, almost anywhere. If you want to come work for the city of Lansing, <laughs> we have many jobs available. We have engineering jobs. There we have, is. you know, you name it. Um, everybody right now is is hiring. So this is a good time to figure out what do you love? Yeah. What do you want to do? And then go out and find that job. That's great insight. Thank you. Well, last question there. Is, uh, is there anything else you'd like to share in relation to your economic and community development plan for the for the city of Lansing in the future. Well, you know we we have a lot going on. Um, we we want to um, we're out recruiting businesses to come here. We're restructuring buildings. You know we we have been challenged in parts of our downtown because uh, state employees went home for the pandemic and they're only half about halfway back. So our downtown has been a little bit challenged. But we're doing some conversions. Um, we're creating a lot of housing downtown. Mm-hmm. We want to double the housing downtown because the Wonderful. more people you have living downtown, the more people that are walking and walkability and, and shopping at the shops. Um, you see a lot more nighttime and weekend traffic. Um, so we're, we're doing some work there. We're doing a lot of work on the corridors. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of work on the on the Saginaw uh, corridor, a lot of work on the MLK corridor. Um, Michigan Avenue is going to see millions of dollars in improvements. And uh, so there's just there's going to be work going on everywhere. Like you said before, it's it really is focused everywhere, you know, from the, the west side to Michigan Avenue to Kalamazoo, where Allen Place just opened up new, you know, new yeah. apartments and services. The south side, whether it's it's MLK or Pennsylvania, Cedar, um, it's going on everywhere. It's going on the north side with mm-hmm. uh, over uh, the old Masonic Temple and in Old Town um, going north. So there's just... There's tons going on. There's 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 so much that you can't even kind of put together a list and talk about it in a show. Right. Um, but we're going to keep pushing for all of that. Um, and then, of course, our, we're we're working on a new performing arts center. Right. And uh, that is probably one of my my most exciting things right now. Yeah. Um, getting a new uh, concert hall right downtown where people don't have to go to Grand Rapids and and uh, beautiful and Detroit right now they can stay right here and it'll be a great boon for our our downtown and for Rio Town. Um, so we're working on a lot of things, a lot of pieces at play and we're real busy, but, um, it's good stuff. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we could talk for another <laughs> hour about this. What a great conversation. I just, you know, thank you Mayor, for, for taking time out of your, your very busy schedule to share your thoughts with our listeners today. And thank you all for the pleasure and privilege of your time. This has been your host, Bo Garcia, and I look forward to sharing time with you again soon. Have a tremendous day. Featuring the faculty, staff, students, and others that help to make Lansing's premier college what it is today. LCC Connect, Mid-Michigan's connection to Lansing Community College. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, 
visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Michigan residents age 25 or older may qualify for Michigan Reconnect, a program providing free or reduced tuition to students who have not earned a prior college degree. Reconnect students are responsible for books and fees. Visit lcc.edu slash reconnect for more information. Do you worry about how much someone else drinks? Do you ever ride in a car with a driver who has been drinking? Do you think if the drinker stopped drinking, your other problems would be solved? Al-Anon family groups are for relatives and friends who have been affected by someone else's drinking. In Al-Anon, people who have experienced the same kind of chaos and confusion in their lives will share what works for them. They will offer suggestions and support without telling anyone what to do. There is anonymity, confidentiality, and safety in Al-Anon family groups. And there is hope for a peaceful way of life. Are you troubled by someone else's drinking? You might be surprised at what you could learn in an Al-Anon family group from people just like you. For more information, go to alanon.org or call 1-888-4-ALANON to find an Al-Anon meeting near you. Engaged learning and academic success is a priority at Lansing Community College. To help students navigate their educational career, LCC has created a proactive approach to learning and providing students with several academic support services. To find out what's available, visit lcc.edu services. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Welcome to The Safety Plan, the show where I cover the latest cyber scam and how to avoid it on LCC Connect. Voices, vibes, vision. I'm Paul Schwartz, and I'm happy that you are here. Let's do this. Oh, this morning, my daughter was singing Ordinary People by John Legend, and I, now that song is stuck in my head. I guarantee you've heard of it. We're just ordinary people. We don't know which way to go. Cause we're ordinary people. Maybe we should take it slow. Take it slow. Oh, 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 oh. This time we'll take it slow. But my kid was singing with cybersecurity words. Something like this. We're just ordinary people going fast and getting scammed. Cause we're ordinary people. Maybe we should take it slow. Take it slow. Oh, 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 oh. This time we'll take it slow. Obviously, the college has allowed me budgetless artistic freedom on this show, and I will take advantage of that position. So welcome to the Safety Plan Show. Here's the format. I will describe a real-world cyber scam like phishing or, you know, IRS imposter scam or scareware, one of the many other cyber scams. I will then explain why it could happen to you and finally how to protect yourself so it doesn't happen to you. So why should you listen to the Safety Plan episode? First, as a leader, I want to share my cybersecurity knowledge with you so that hopefully you can become inspired by it. Second, a community knowledgeable on cyber scams will not fall for them in the future. And finally, if people start practicing good cyber practices in their lives and at home, then they practice those same skills at work, which makes your business or company or local community college more secure. Win, win, win.
So I'm Paul Schwartz. I work at LCC as the Director of Information Security, and I coordinate security issues for the college. Things like reviewing emails for legitimacy and implementing projects to improve the college's security and proactive phishing our employees and training them on cybersecurity. I've worked in cybersecurity for 27 years, including 20 years in the Air Force, before ending up at LCC. I have a corner office at work, so people think I know stuff, which proves I am smart. S-M-R-T smart. Now, Today's topic is going to be on gas pump skimming, a form of credit debit card compromise. Back in October of 2021, Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development found credit card skimmers at eight different gas stations in the state of Michigan. Two were in the Lansing area, one on the west side and one on the east side. Now, gas pump skimmers are small electronic devices, otherwise known as card readers, that can be illegally attached to payment terminals at gas pumps. And they could be inside stores or also at restaurants and so forth. Gas card pumps are targeted because they are unattended. Experienced criminals can install a gas pump skimmer in under one minute. They first began to appear around 2015 and have grown exponentially since. Skimmers come in all shapes and sizes and varying degrees of complexity. These card readers grab data off a card or a debit card's magnetic strip without your knowledge, which gives fraudsters full name on the card, the credit card number, and the expiration date. Criminals sell this stolen data or use it to buy things online and create cloned bank cards. You won't know your information has been stolen until you get your statement or overdraft notice. Once they retrieve your credit card info, these skimmers wait months, sometimes years, before they use the info to purchase items. Now, let me talk about what gas stations are doing to prevent credit card skimming. So first of all, they have gas pump door stickers. Now, these are the little stickers, these little seals they put over the doors. And when you open the door, it breaks the seal. And even some stations now have a warning signal that goes off inside the store when the door to the gas pump is open. Now, their gas stations are also putting up cameras monitoring the gas pumps. They're even doing inspections on the gas pumps, opening them up and looking inside of them. The cashiers at these gas stations, although sometimes minimum wage jobs, are watching and looking for these scammers and watching the gas pumps. And these gas stations are also trying to use better locks on these gas pump doors. And maybe even two locks that need two people to open the gas pumps. However, it's impossible, even with all these things that gas stations are doing, it's impossible to avoid gas pump skimming. And here's why. Let me tell you what the criminals are doing. So criminals are putting skimmers directly over the gas pump or ATM readers. They could also be putting uh, what they call a card shimming device, which are paper-thin strips hidden inside the card slot. So now instead of putting it on the device, they're actually going inside the device. And these shimming devices can be used to clone the magnetic strip on your card, but only if the bank issuing the chip card hasn't implemented the EMV standard. So they're targeting chip-based credit and debit cards. A shimmer is named as such because it acts like a shim sitting between the reading device and the chip on the card that you insert. Or criminals could be using a combination, say a combination of a card reader and say a camera attached to the device or somewhere near the gas pump to record your ATM pin and passcode. Criminals may also be installing fake keypads uh, on top of the keypad or in replacement of the keypad or a credit reader extension. Skimmers may also be inside the machine. So these may have 
of the universal key or the key to the gas pump door, which if you will look on eBay, you could do a search for universal key for gas pumps. And so they use that to open up the door of the gas pump and put their skimmer inside the pump. As I mentioned before, the gas stations place this tamper-resistant seal on the door, which usually look like a piece of red tape. Criminals might use their own tape, their own tamper-proof tape, to replace the tape once they open those gas pump doors to make it look like it hasn't been tampered with. And after the scam has begun, these will typically return to the scene from time to time in order to retrieve their skimmer you know, information. However, there are also ways for thieves to use Bluetooth or cellular technology to retrieve this credit card information from the, the skimming device without even having to be there. Okay, so what should you be doing to prevent this gas pump skimming? Only shot, stop at busy, well-lit, and well-maintained gas stations. Since these would rather stay out of sight of the employee inside the store, they will usually install a skimmer farther away from the store and the windows to stay out of sight of the cashier. That means the gas pump closest to the store is more likely to be safer to use. Make sure the gas pump panel is closed, locked, and doesn't show signs of tampering. Many stations now put security seals over the cabinet panels, and if that pump panel is open, the label will read void after they try to reapply it. Look at the card reader itself. Does it look different than any other readers at the station? Look for hidden cameras above it, little tiny pinhole cameras or false shades above the screen of the pump. Try to wiggle the card reader before you put in your card. If it moves, report it to the attendant. Then use a different pump. If the keypad looks thicker than normal, wiggle that too and check it to see if it comes loose. If you use a debit card at the pump, run it as a credit card instead of entering a PIN. That way the PIN is safe and the money isn't deducted immediately from your account. Or you could have a second credit card for the gas purchases, you know, beyond your ATM card. You could pay cash and ask for the receipt or just pay inside rather than at the pump. How about this? Use mobile payment options like Google Pay or Apple Pay if they're an option. Some newer pumps may also have encrypted credit card readers. Look for an illuminate green lock symbol near the credit card reader to signify this. Now you should also monitor your credit card and bank accounts regularly to spot unauthorized charges from say a skimming scam event. There are also skimmer detectors for smartphones. One's, one I looked up was called the skimmer scanner. Now this app will scan the immediate area for Bluetooth devices that some these use to skim your card information. And this is not foolproof because perhaps they'll pick up wireless headphones or other Bluetooth or low energy devices, or maybe this, this skimming device doesn't have Bluetooth technology. Maybe it uses cellular or maybe it has direct access. Here's another important thing. Be sure to cover the keypad with your hand to block any potential cameras from seeing your pin code. Although I've read uh, some research about experiment where they had artificial intelligence program look at the camera a video and it could predict your pin based on the movement of your arm and hand. You're going to have to move your hand pretty wildly as you cover it while you're typing in your, your pin. So after you've become a victim of gas pump skimming, if your credit card has been compromised, report it to your bank or card issuer. Federal law limits your liability if your credit, ATM, or debit card is lost or stolen, but your liability may depend on how quickly you report the loss or theft. Second, if you get a notice of a purchase you didn't make, you can contact your credit card company and stop any other transactions quickly. Work with the fraud department to resolve this issue. Next, notify law enforcement and file a 
police report if you've been a victim. Next, file a complaint with the MDARD. That's the Michigan Department of Agricultural and Rural Development Weight and Measures. They're the ones that do the inspections and follow up on these scams. Limit your use of a debit card because the money comes out of your account immediately is much harder to get back. And next, you may want to consider putting a freeze on your credit report to ensure no new accounts are opened in your name. And finally, continue to monitor all of your accounts and check your credit report to watch for unusual activity. That's a wrap of today's Safety Plan episode. If you have questions or have been a victim of a cyber scam, tell me about it by emailing lccinfosec at lccedu. You can find more information at lcc.edu slash connect. This episode of The Safety Plan was recorded by Paul Schwartz in the TLC Tower in downtown Lansing Community College and produced by Lane Ingram and engineered by Big D Bedellian. I'm Paul Schwartz, and this is LCC Connect. Voices, vibes, vision. So long. Connecting you with Lansing Community College, this is LCC Connect. LCC Connect. Voices, vibes, vision. October 17th through the 21st, Lansing Community College will be celebrating National Transfer Student Week. You can learn more about transferring options available to LCC students. LCC University Center partner universities and Michigan State University will be on the downtown campus in the Gannon Building. Representatives from each university will be available with information about transferring. Find more details by visiting lcc.edu slash uc. Hey America, we need to have a little talk. We've got more food in our country than we know what to do with. Food at the grocery store and food in the vending machines, fast food, health food, and seafood. We've got so much food that anything people don't buy, we just throw out. Yet 17 million kids in America struggle with hunger. That ain't right. Luckily, the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks has volunteers gathering excess food and getting it to hungry kids. They're kind of like food angels. Yeah, I made that up. It's kind of catchy. Hello, people. This isn't rocket science. We could solve hunger today. To start, become a food angel yourself by supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. We can't do it without your help. To help solve hunger in mid-Michigan and to find your local food bank, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Lansing Community College students now have the option to go beyond an associate degree through LCC's University Center. The University Center is a partnership between LCC and five four-year universities. Located on LCC's downtown campus, these universities offer junior and senior level courses, leading to more than 30 bachelor's degrees, several post-baccalaureate certificates, and options to obtain a master's degree. Current and former LCC students can take advantage of the convenient location at the corner of Capitol Avenue and Shiawassee Street on LCC's downtown campus. Find out more about the University Center, visit lcc.edu. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Welcome to the Success Scenario. I'm your host, Dustin Abrego. On the Success Scenario, we meet and hear from current LCC students, people just like you, who face adversity 
why they chose LCC, and how they turned their situation into a successful one. Today, I'm joined with Aaron Andrews. Aaron, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You're currently a student here at LCC. Um, why did you choose LCC? And yeah, we want to know a little about you. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, originally from Battle Creek, Michigan. I moved up here to Lansing probably about six years ago. Um, I decided that I had gone to college a little bit when I was uh, fresh out of high school, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do and didn't have any idea. And then at that time, being fresh out of high school and just kind of working my way through stuff, I didn't have the funds to really keep going. And without knowing what I wanted to do, I figured it was a waste of money until I figured out what I wanted to do. And then for, unfortunately, with the pandemic, we I was working the whole time. And so I was awarded the uh, Future for Frontliner Scholarship. And so I figured best time to go back would be now to take care, uh, take advantage of the scholarship. And so LCC was the closest school around. And I've heard it, my wife said it was a good school because that's where she went. And so I figured I'd apply and I got in. And uh, even though it's been 18 years since I've been in college, I still, it, I picked it back up pretty quick, pretty quick. So. Okay. So not your first time, right? Right. Big adaptation though. I imagine like coming off of that. Um, cause you weren't married 18 years ago when you were in school the first time. Like, um, what, are you, do you work currently or what do you do outside of school then? Uh, yeah, I, I work for Meyer. I'm a meat cutter at Meyer, mm-hmm. uh, 40 hours a week, full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have that. And then, uh, I have all responsibilities that an adult has at home and with a, an actual house, you know, mm-hmm. keeping the lard up or yard up and keeping the, uh, all the, the bills paid and stuff. So how do you go about, um, balancing and like how many classes were you taking? Uh, I'm only doing part-time right now. Cause I didn't real I didn't know how hard it was going to be going mm-hmm. back to school and, uh, working at the same time, especially with working a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to take two classes a semester and, uh, it was a little scary and a little frustrating at first because mm-hmm. it's been so long since I've been back. And right. when I first started off coming back, it was, uh, doing online classes, which is not something I was used to. Cause when I went to Kellogg community college down in battle Creek, it was, I was there on campus and I was doing, three or four classes a semester. And so it was a, it was a big change and especially coming back to it after being out for so long. Yeah. I imagine that's quite an adjustment overall. Um, how'd you go about prioritizing like being a student and like suddenly doing that on top of working full time, you know, um, being a spouse, like doing all that stuff. How, how did you go about managing that? What worked best for you? Uh, well, first of all, one of the things that helped was the support of my wife. She was definitely, she understood. She had been wanting me to go back to school for a while, wanting me to get a degree. Um, Cause not that I don't like working at Meyer, but, and mm-hmm. if I end up, if I don't end up finding another career in my mm-hmm. life with my degree, cause I, I know that can happen to some people. Sure. Meyer is a good place to retire from. It's, they have great health benefits and stuff. Mm-hmm. However, that's just not something I want to do for the rest of my life. Sure. I could do it cause it's, I have a trade skill, but it's not something I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so prioritizing it. Um, my wife was a, she's a good supporter and I just kind of buckled down and I, I planned out on my days off that, you know, this is this for homework and study. And if I had to do stuff in between, I set up time after work. I have my own little kind of office slash man cave set up with my computer and a little work area. And I just, that's kind of where I keep all my schoolwork and 
I just, I, I know I've always been kind of that person that I, I'm not gonna lie. I have been a procrastinator over the years. That's everybody has some form of procrastination in them, but when it comes down to certain things like this or things that I want, I buckle down and I, I make sure to get this done. Cause I realize that having a scholarship and to use it before it expires or to not lose it was a, a real advantage. And so I really want it in a privilege. And I, so I wanted to kind of make sure I took advantage of it and actually uh, make sure it was worth it. I mean, that's a huge level of honesty um, admitting being like, Hey, like, kind of procrastinate and I would definitely own I'm also a procrastinator and that's quite all right um you talked about separating having the work study and having that thing so that way you can go into that room and kind of like really focus on doing work has that been like helpful for you as a student or like how do you go about doing that because it's not like you go in the room and you go don't talk to me wife like I'm doing school stuff right but like how how does that work because I feel like a lot of people struggle with I want to do this, but I'm also a parent. I'm also a spouse. I'm also, I have all these other identity things going on. Like how, how did you go about navigating that? Well, the nice thing though, too, is that, um, my wife works from home right now because of mm-hmm. their, their job. They're still working people from home. Mm-hmm. And so before I even started going back to school, they, uh, we set up an office upstairs for her and my, uh, my room is kind of like right next door. Our house is set up weird. Like it used to be, it's a five bedroom house and Mm -hmm. it, the, the top floor used to be an apartment. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. the back of the house was kind of their living room. And Mm -hmm. then it's a weird, um, like one of those folding closet doors and opens up into another room that used to be their kitchen. And so we just kind of turned that into my wife's office because she likes that room. And then the other room is kind of became my, my office slash man cave slash game room. And so it was, so I'm, I'm kind of, we're when I'm doing my homework and studying in the middle of the day, she's working. And so we're kind of both in that vicinity. So Mm. we can communicate when one of us isn't, you know, in the middle of a call or a class. And then, you know, we plan uh, lunches and snacks and stuff like that. And so it just kind of works out really well. And then if I have to do homework and she's downstairs watching TV, it's not a big deal because, she knows that's what I'm doing, and I usually tell her, hey, I have a quiz to take. It's a timed quiz. I only have an hour, so I'll be done in and give me an hour and 15, you know, mm-hmm. get it all set up and ready. And so it, it's worked pretty well doing stuff like that. I love you. Don't talk to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. Um, what is something that you're proud of uh, as being a student, like something that you did that you were like, I didn't think I could ever do that, or something you're like, I worked really hard on that. Uh, it doesn't have to be crazy major. I'm not saying you built a bridge or anything, but like, what is it for you? Uh, honestly, it's the fact that I have pulled a 4.0 GPA in both my semesters. I was not expecting to, especially this last semester, I had a math class and I'm not going to lie. I am horrible when it comes to math. Sure. I even failed an algebra class um, when I went to KCC. Yeah. And so I, math is my, by far my worst subject. And so the fact that I was able to come out of that class with an A, especially being online, because I am, it's, for me, it's, sometimes it's harder to learn online. Mm-hmm. I am one of those people that I like being in the classroom. I like the the direct interaction because if I, then I can actually ask the professor a question and like, hey, I don't understand this. Can you please just show me? And it's weird when it's online because sometimes you get drowned out or the teacher doesn't hear you and then she automatically moves on to the next sure. assignment. And so it's, 
I was, I was proud of myself that I was able to kind of buckle down and make sure I was studying and focused on that and actually pull a good grade point average for both semesters. A good grade point average? You're going well, to call okay. a 4.0. Okay, uh, a and a fantastic, a fantastic, yeah, because I actually... President's list, 4.0 Yeah, and I actually student. got the yep. I got the letter both semesters for the president's <laughs> list. So, yes, 4.0. Well, I, I normally, when I was in high school and college, I was averaging like 3.5, between 3.5, 3.7, so... Yeah, pulling a 4.0 for me it's it's awesome, but it's it's more awesome now I think because I'm coming back for after so yeah. long. Yeah, of so. course. I'm saying that not to mock you, but to congratulate you because that's a big success, and that's the whole point of like me trying to talk to students on here is to figure out what's worked for them because your story is unique to who you are, but it's not so different than maybe some other people that are maybe going through that right now or debating what they want ultimately and being like, I have this great career at Meyer, like you're saying, but that's not me for forever. And yeah. you want to check out some other opportunities. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing what you know now, what would you tell first semester you? First semester Aaron that's like just getting back into it. Knowing now, what would you tell him? Uh, well, first of all, don't wait till the last second to sign up for classes because that was kind of... <laughs> my issue well because i was so nervous to do it online and because that's been so long since i registered the first time i was i didn't know what i was doing i actually had to ask my sister-in-law for help because she was she had come back to school a semester before me um and so i guess just don't wait too long to register for classes try and not be nervous because it's even though it seems overwhelming it's the more you get into it and the more you just set up an actual schedule it's Mm -hmm. the easier it gets because mm-hmm. that's what I did. I, I once I was able to set up a schedule like when I wanted to do my work and and when I had other stuff that I had to do it it, it seemed a little bit easier. Cause I'm like okay, I chart off these four hours of my day off to do this 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 and this and then get it done and then and it seemed mm-hmm. to help out a lot. For people that maybe think about plotting out their time like that, like oh I'm not that type A person. I'm not that regimented with certain things. Um, do you view yourself as being kind of like that? And do you view that as like challenging? Cause you talked about it in a positive way of like, Oh, plotting things out like this, like really helped me. Like, is that something you'd recommend to people then? Or? I mean, if that's something that it, if it works for you, like mm-hmm. if you're someone who has a set, cause I think the, the thing that helps too, is that like where uh, at Meyer, I have a set schedule. I have been sure. have for a while because I'm um, the, actually I'm the top, to your meat cutter at Meyer oh, or cool. at the one I work at. So because of that, I have a set schedule, so it doesn't usually change from week to week unless someone's mm-hmm. on vacation. And so I think that's part of the reason it helps is if you find your own set schedule that works for you, um, yeah, go for it. Cause it, it, uh, it helped me. I mean, I was able to set, I knew I was doing my homework on my days off unless something happened and there was a, a quiz that was due on a Friday or something. And sure. then I planned, okay, I know I'm going to need this much time, so I'll set aside this much time after I get out of work and make sure I'm studying, make sure I'm ready to go. And so I, I think it, everybody's different, and so I think it just depends on what your personality and if you if you like set schedules like that, if you're mm-hmm. used to it, I say go for it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the, I mean, set it up however the best, however it works for you. So Cool. Awesome. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to spring this on you. Okay. Talk to us about a project maybe you're working on that is uh, like, why, why are you here at LCC? You know that this 
path that you're on right now? Like, what are you aiming to work in? What's your dream goal job and stuff after being done here? Um, so it's, it's mainly sports broadcasting or okay. some form of broadcasting. Um, I really, I, it, and it all stems back to back when I used to watch football on Sundays mm-hmm. with my dad, we would sit there and we'd watch the games and we would say something and not even three seconds later, the announcer would say the same thing. And it <laughs> happened so many times that we just started joking about, well, we would be better announcers than these guys because we're sure. saying it faster than what they are. And, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, and so it, I just kind of got it into my head, um, especially, uh, after my dad passed away in 2019, mm-hmm. um, it kind of, made me think, well, he would be proud of me if I became a sports broadcaster or a sports announcer. And so I, and I would love to be able to just do it for football. I could probably do it for any other sports. I'm not huge on some of the other sports. Like I don't watch basketball all the time. I don't watch baseball all the time. Football is my main sport. But Mm -hmm. I mean, if I had to sit there and talk about other sports, I could do it. It's not a big problem, but sports broadcasting or any kind of broadcasting. Cause I just, I've been told that I have a very, uh, I can't think of the word. It's a, the way my wife describes it is that I'm easy to listen to when I'm, when I'm talking like this. And even my sister-in-law sure. and some of my friends have, cause I do have, I have started a podcast um, to try and help just get a little experience in. It's sure. nothing major okay. talking about football and sports. And then I have a new kind of side show with that while in the off season where I was talking about horror themed uh, movies and books and TV shows and video games, just anything that was horror themed to, cause it's one of my hobbies. And so sure. I love that stuff and it just gives me something else to talk about when I don't have, you know, NFL content because there's nothing going on. Sure. And it was another way for me to get more experience. Um, so yeah, I like doing that. And then even uh, I've had a little bit of experience at Meyer recently within the last couple months, they've, Um, so when you do the announcements and do the pages over the phone, uh, my boss, he, at one point, I think it was last Christmas, he had said we had a whole bunch of hams that were getting ready to be close dated soon. And so he's like, we need to push them before we, you know, before we lose them. Mm -hmm. So he goes, can you do an, I said, well, I'll try doing an announcement because I got used to doing the podcast. Yeah. I got on there and spoke clearly and I wrote my own little script and everybody Mm -hmm. in the store loved it. And so now it's a common thing when we need an item to push. I've, <laughs> I'm the guy that pushes stuff, especially in the meat department. And I've even, and the thing that they love is I've even come up with characters too. Oh my gosh, um, really? Yeah. So we, at one point we had to do, uh, we had a whole bunch of salmon burgers that he wanted to push because somebody, they, they come in frozen and they only get five days when they're thawed and sure. on the floor. Right. Well, somebody put out two whole cases. And so we had a whole oh, wow. bunch of them and they don't sell that well. So I was trying to think of the best way to push them. So I adapted the uh, the character Captain Bob, okay, who is a pirate and he likes to oh talk God. like all right, so. All right. <laughs> so yeah, it was a, it was a pirate. And, all right, all right. And so uh, I did. I started coming up with other voices and stuff too to try and help sell stuff. And people in the store, customers in the store, love it. Um, yeah. I always get requests from other workers like are we gonna hear because one of my other good characters is scooter who's kind of a southern guy okay scooter. all right all right sure. and uh so they're like are we gonna hear scooter today or captain bob and i said well i don't have any items to push for it so i'm not really <laughs> making the announcements but it's it's the one thing that people love and so uh 
So the podcast and the voices, yeah, I would love to do broadcasting. And sure. at this point, I'll even settle for um, <laughs> cartoon voice acting because yeah, that sure. would be fun. I could I do voice yeah, all the time. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think just having the morale because people are asking you about it, which is great. Um, and then if you've we've all been in a store at some point, and then someone come over the speaker and they'll be like, uh, the Chevy that's and you go. Was that my car? Is it total? Like, well, you don't know when you hear it over the air. So you being able to speak clearly for people to understand, I think, is also huge. Well, yeah. Well, that's the problem, too, is uh, because so my actual team leader at that I work with, he's deaf. Sure. He has hearing aids. Sure. And um, there's times when he says if when other people page, there's times he can't understand a single word that they oh, wow. say because okay. they don't, they, they mumble or it sounds like they got the phone inserted all the way into sure. their mouth. And so he really likes it when I do the announcements because I speak clearly, I speak, you know, slow enough that everybody can hear, but it's not sure. slow enough to run talking like this, right, right. like Bueller. Right. Bu- and so it's, so I don't know. It works out in my favor and it's, for me, it's more practice. And I, the fact that customers seem to like and have come in asking, Hey, is, has Captain Bob done any announcements today? <laughs> or I've done it. And I actually had customer compliments or like, I really like the guy doing those announcements. Cause that's awesome. It made me laugh. It made my day. It was funny. So, so not only do you speak clearly for a person that's has challenges with hearing, you speak clearly in pirate for oh, yeah. people to understand. That's really great. Yes. Um, and your podcast is not like you're not looking for money or aspects. No, like it's it. so, and, and even the website has asked me if I wanted to sign up for uh, to do the money thing. But no, it, it's it's just for experience. So, so. for and I wanted to clarify that because we are in public radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can plug your podcast. What is your podcast? So uh, people are aware. It's called The Butcher's Cut. Uh, you can find it, it on the anchor. I think it's anchor.com. It's a mm-hmm. website that I use uh, for the actual podcast. Um, but, uh, when I say app should be on it, Spotify, it's, too, it's, it's on Spotify. Right? And okay. then it is also notified me it's on, I think it's on Google podcasts and okay. even Apple podcasts. Okay. Cause there's a nice little stat there that shows you all the different listening stations cool. that it's on. And I believe those are on there too. So, okay. And what was the name again? It's called the butcher's cut. Awesome. So we'll have to check that out. You said that you're taking a little bit of break during the summer. A lot, of, a lot of news coming out for football and some other stuff, but yep. everyone deserves a summer break for sure. Yeah. Um, what would you tell others thinking about starting at college or maybe coming back at some point? Because um, there were a lot of key events that maybe led to when you wanted to start again and come back as being a student. Um, what would you tell other people other than just doing it? Because for a while, someone maybe told you that or you had those thoughts, but what would you tell someone to be like, Hey, if you're really thinking about it, like this might be like a thing for you or whatnot, what was that for you? Maybe. Um, so I say if, if you get the opportunity, if it's something that you want to do and it's really for me, I think the, the kick in the butt for me was getting that scholarship. Cause it was nice. Cause I had looked in the past at, you know, and some people's financials are not great. And, mm-hmm. and I understand that. And it, it, that's one of the things that was really daunting for me is, Thinking about, well, I want to go back to school, but it costs a lot of money. And if I can't get any financial aid, then it's, you know, it's, it's really hurts. But even people out there that, um, that I, they don't get the scholarship. If you, I would just look at it and look into financial aid, just see if you can help, but, or to see if you can get any help. But, uh, yeah, I think the best thing to do is if you, if it's something that you really want, if you're unhappy with what you're doing and you find, would think that 
you would find that there's something else out there that you can get a degree in that would help you with what you want to do, I'd say go for it because it's, it's, I've, even though it was nerve wracking coming back and I was nervous, I am happy that I've come back. I'm happy that I'm, I'm working towards my degree and like trying different stuff out. Cause Hey, this is the first time I've ever been in a radio station. So that's, <laughs> that's a cool new experience for me. And yeah. so, and this, and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't come back right. to school. So, right. and you're looking and you're moving towards something where you're picking what you want to do versus just choosing what's right in front of you because you have instant meat and doing the thing that you ultimately want to do that you're excited about, right? Yes. Moving forward. Um, anything else you want to leave people with? Um, things people should be aware of, or you think that, um, something impactful or, um, I think one of the, one of the other things too, is that it was really daunting for me coming back to because I knew that I was going to be a little bit older than most sure. of my classmates. But I mean, in all reality, in all reality, it is a community college. So there are people and, you know, I go into my other classes and there, there are guys in there, women in there that are my age or older. And so that felt a little, it felt okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I always felt like I had to, try and be someone else to coming into college or coming Mm -hmm. back because I'm Mm -hmm. not used to it. And especially with the kids that are younger than me now, I mean, they're, they were raised on so much of this technology and so much Mm -hmm. other stuff that I wasn't, you know, that I didn't grow up on. And so, um, best thing to do is just try and be yourself and then just take everything in stride and just do the best that you can do. And cause it's, it's, in the end, it's all about what you want to do and what you're, yes. what you're trying to do to better yourself. Yes. So, Awesome. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to the success scenario. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime online at lccconnect.org. The success scenario is a program dedicated to inspiring students towards a path of success. I'm Dustin Abrego. And if you're a current LCC student with a great story to share or know someone with a story to share, connect with me on Twitter or at LinkedIn at Dustin Abrego, A-B-R-E-G-O. Until next time, success starts with you. This is LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. October 17th through the 21st, Lansing Community College will be celebrating National Transfer Student Week. You can learn more about transferring options available to LCC students. LCC University Center partner universities and Michigan State University will be on the downtown campus in the Gannon Building. Representatives from each university will be available with information about transferring. Find more details by visiting lcc.edu uc. Recycle Michigan, a place where there's no city limit, no boundaries, and the population, 9.9 million. So where is Recycle Michigan? It's located in your home, next door, down the road, in your very own community. In their continued effort to increase recycling awareness, the Michigan Recycling Coalition has launched the statewide Recycle Michigan campaign. Serving as a resource to both businesses and residents, the Michigan Recycling Coalition provides simple steps to reduce waste, create awareness of the benefits of recycling, and to discover options for recycling through your local communities. 
By recycling, you, your family, your neighbors, and your community can help protect the things we love most about our state. Recycling junk mail, water bottles, and other containers will help keep our Great Lakes state clean, but it also promotes job growth in Michigan. Discover how you can become a citizen of Recycle Michigan by exploring michiganrecycles.org. This has been a presentation of LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ studio located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.